impression the game you get old with what you put into it's like a walk of life if you're good enough go out and get it no more about it Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Shorty Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me spend out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run that was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact that it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? sympathy in this game for anybody. Hello and you're very welcome to episode 257 of Treaty Talk and we are here to debrief on what was a tremendous weekend of hurling action in Nimerick and also to look forward to the weekend ahead in what we'll see four football finals played as ever on Treaty Talk. Matt O'Callaghan of the Weekly Observer and Bale Star joins me. Uh, Matt, before uh, we get into the real teeth of it, uh, as a broad sense, what a weekend of hurling we had. Uh, you and I were at three of the finals side by side. Um, we couldn't make the four, of course, logistically impossible, but what a weekend across all four grades. Uh, tremendous, tremendous weekend of hurling. Absolutely fantastic. And, um, you know, got a sense over the weekend, and I, I think we mentioned it in commentary even, as to why... Um, the the you know the, the state of Limerick is in of hurling in Limerick is in such a rude state of good health at the moment and and um, no we had we had four tremendous finals and um, it, it 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 was great the way that the finals um, they they all were on the one weekend it was lovely to have the double header on the Gaelic grounds um, it was a pity that there was um, you know that there was more or less a clash. In between the junior A and intermediate, especially you had neighbours Fina Kilmeady involved in the junior A, and you you had that mouthwatering, which it turned out to be um, West Derby and the intermediate being Kilfinney and and Granada uh, Vanagari. And I suppose Tom, it's fair to say if you take an overview of it, that of the four finals, the senior was probably the most disappointing. Like in in terms of excitement and in terms of hurling, because who will ever forget the concluding five or six minutes of of um, Drummond Lacker and Black Rock? Like who will forget? You know the close uh, shave that um, Croke Kilfinney came so near to getting that goal right there that would have forced it to extra time. And of course in Kilmallock they couldn't be separated after extra time. And it went to those dreaded penalties, you know. So, like, talk of teams being evenly matched, and we'll delve into the individual ones in a couple of minutes. But, um, you know, on, on the face of it, it looked as if teams were very, very well matched in the final because you, you, you'd imagine a four points in the Gaelic grounds, you had one point in, in the Gaelic grounds in the Premier, you had two points in Bagran on Sunday, and you had penalties on 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 um, Sunday in in Kilmallock, they don't come much closer than that than, than that time. You know, it was like and and like the fair we saw in you and I saw in the Gaelic grounds 
Um, now, there was no doubt that the Inter Premier Intermediate, in terms of excitement, was definitely um, the better. But we saw an excellent game, I thought, on Sunday in, 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 in Paddy Carroll Park in Ballygrand between, you know, and the whole backdrop to it all, and we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, it, 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 you know, the wonderful, wonderful occasions. And as I think you mentioned it last week, that the way that the finals were arranged, sort of in sync, um, you know, it's... But I have to say it again, uh, Tom. Fair play to Limerick GAA. They were involved in, in the... Um, in the All Ireland series until the very last puck was 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 the very last ball was poked, and and um, here we are um, now having our hurling championships completed, and we'll have our football championships completed sometime around mid afternoon on on Sunday. So, um, and we it will be up and go then for the for the Munster Club Championships over the coming weeks, over the coming five or six weeks. So. Um, look, it, it, it raises, of course, questions about how condensed, and this is something that I'm picking up on the ground. You're probably picking it up as well, Tom, um, that, that people are talking about the, the championships being so, so condensed. And, of course, they are so condensed. Um, but that is a product of, of the split season. So, look... Um, when we didn't have the split, the, the split season, like there was a clamor, something to, you know, give the club center stage. Now they have it. If there's, you know, if there's a disadvantage to it, it's that the games are coming so thick and fast. And like we have such a myriad of competitions in Limerick and um, so many clubs involved, both in hurling and football. Um, but to have got to this stage, come Sunday evening, Tom, there would be only two championships outside adult games outstanding, and that'll be the junior B playing in football finals. Like, yeah, it, it, it's it's a huge logistical um, undertaking when you talk about the number of teams, the number of matches, the number of venues, the number of referees, the number of officials. You know, and that's of course without factoring in, of course the some of the horrible weather that we've had, which, you know, has a tendency to disrupt, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men, as it were. And, and um, uh, but, but lucky enough, um, Limerick has, has a couple of, of um, um, you know, um, artificial surfaces at their disposal in which to play games, but Prevailing conditions, uh, you know, have to be have to be a factor as well. But um, it's great that we're at this stage in the first week of November. We're talking about um, the football finals, the hurling finals, for the most part, have been disposed of. Um, slight worry: um, there are under twenty-one hurling championships, which is stop start at the moment. I think we're going to get a, a real date of under twenty hurling over the next two weeks, weather permitting. And you must remember that the under-21 football time hasn't started at all. So there's yeah. quite a program to be finished yet. But like we, for the moment, must concentrate on what is, what is behind us now and what is in front of us for the weekend in the big ball court. Yeah, and, and if we can look, as you say, behind us, the, the senior hurling final match, four points in it in the end, 120 to 19 points and then eight titles in 2011 for Napier 
Um, I think if if you said to someone in the mid 2000s that Napierce were going to win eight county titles uh, in in such a short space of time, they'd have probably laughed you out of it. And that's no disrespect to Napierce, but they have just come time and time and again. And look, a 30th final for for Patrick Swell. They've won 20 in our last 10. They're uh, they're they're not going to be too far away from time and time again. But the game itself, Matt uh, Napierce probably. I think the phrase a lot of people are using is arm's length. They kept Patrick Swell at arm's length after that Peter Casey goal. It was a great goal in one regard in, in terms of he cut through the defences we're so used to seeing, but he still had to kick it to the net. And and But for maybe a few Jason Galan interventions, maybe Napierce would have stretched stretched clear further. And that's not to say Patrick Swell played played poorly, but Napierce, I think, were deserving winners on the night. Yeah, well, um, nobody, nobody could argue about that. And of course, you know, from a from a you know from a hurling point of view you know one of the most pleasing aspects of it and you always want to see big occasions you always want to see all the, your best players playing and so it was very very gratifying and pleasing to see that Willem who made it for the final and got back what a servant Rick what a servant to Nipirshik and it was his first taste of championship hurling series and um he he didn't let the side down but you you know you you'd wonder um from what we witnessed in the Gaelic grounds on Sunday where did Patrick's well leave leave the forum that some ruthlessly dismissed Kilmallock out of the championship because on that day they made a statement and as we said here last week um going into the final they were on a four match winning run after being a bit shaky in, in, in the beginning beginning of the championship, like they had got over the final round, they had got over the quarterfinal, uh, they were hugely, hugely impressive in the semifinal. But it was like as if they didn't come to the party on, 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 on Sunday, certainly not to the same extent. And you're right, once the Peter Casey goal went in, even though Napierschik were only three, four, and five points ahead at most at any stage in the game, they seemed quite comfortable and seemed to be, seemed to be in control. And from very early on in the game, you know, from the time of that goal, it was hard to see Napierschik being overtaken on the scoreboard. Now, certainly, um, to me, Patrick Swell, what a disappointment because I had expected... Quite a bit more from him. I had, you know, I we were just saying here last week, you know, Patrick Well might just be hitting, you know, top form at the right time. But it didn't happen to him for him on Sunday. It didn't happen for him on Sunday. And um and they had, you know, they had the, the um you, you know the benefit of having a win over Napierschik in the in, in, in the first round. And as I said, that that win over Kilmalak, you know, I thought. That was a stand win, you know. That you know that 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 they're ready to go the whole hog, but certainly it was a question. You know, it's a question of, you know, they didn't reproduce the forum that they showed against Kilmallock, and you know, it might that might be some disrespect in the peers that weren't allowed to reproduce the forum, because I thought the peers, I, I thought they played. A, they played as good as they had to. And I, for, furthermore, I thought that Napierschik played within themselves. Now, as a final, as a showcase of Limerick hurling, 
was disappointing, a bit disappointing. You know, there's no sugarcoating that. Yeah, but no doubt on the day, the best team won. But, uh, you know, where did Patrick's well leave their best for him? That would be my question. Yeah, I think I think they'll they'll be ruining this one, Matt. And but maybe we can give a little bit of more credit. And, and I think agree with you that Patrick Swell didn't bring their best. But in fairness, the couple of players who brought probably their best was Mike Casey on on Aaron Gillan, which was as we were discussing last week was probably near an impossible task certainly on paper. But he dealt with him so so well. Uh, another one obviously was was Connor Boylan and Keane Lynch. I mean, he's they're up against two of the, the marquee players of any club team or any county team in the country. And the two of them just time and again just came up with came up with solutions, you know, to the to the night Patrick mm-hmm. well. And of course, Patrick Swell probably didn't get the best out of, you know, we'd seen a lot more from Jordan Higgins earlier in the championship. We'd seen a lot more from Dermot Burns in the semi-final. And you know, there was there was a couple of standout yeah. performers for Patrick Swell. I I, I liked the Jack Keller's performance was good. Kevin O'Brien, you know, and another day could have had a couple of goals in in the first half. He seemed to, you know, he seemed to bring a lot of energy to it, but. It just didn't absolutely. get that same. Absolutely. Effort. Jason Gillan had a very good game and goal. Um, saved two certain goals, no question about it. But at the other end, Shane Dowling made a stunning save from Kevin O'Brien. Point yeah, blank save. A crucial moment. You know, crucial but, um, you, you, you're, you're right. Um, uh, Jack Kelleher got four points. Struck sublimely a, a line ball over the bar. You know, he, he's the team vice captain. He had he had a very good game. But you, you mentioned there about Mike Casey. Um he shouldn't be surprised at all if Mike Casey, he's, he's not just one of the best fullbacks in them. He's been one of the best fullbacks in the country. And, um, you know, his career has been blighted by injury. And, like, you know, the other player you mentioned, like, if there was a tag, if anyone deserved the tag of super sub for Limerick, it's Conor Boylan. Conor Boylan, yeah. He has come in so often and never, ever left the side down. Never ever left the side down, and I, I thought Conor Boylan's performance on Sunday. I look Conor Boylan's performance through this championship has been excellent, Tom. I've seen two times himself and, and um, Dahi Dempsey have been very, very much to the fore. Yeah, real, real powerful men for their club. Well, the net result of it anyway is an eight-county title match, and and uh, who who would have uh, who would have backed against them at the start? I suppose it's it was uh, not far from a foregone foregone conclusion, but it's the Pierce League who keep their crown. And Matt, they've now uh, booked a place in the Munster semi-final against uh, the Great Bally Gunner or Sarsfields of Cork. They'll feel a little bit like they let themselves down in that um, in that game last year in the Gaelic Crowns, and if it is Bally Gunner again, it'll also be in the Gaelic Crowns. So they'll be hoping that they'll bring a little bit closer to their A game. They brought something like a performance for 30 minutes, 35 minutes last year, but didn't bring a 60-minute performance, whereas Bally Gunner did. So there'll be there'll be there'll be plenty of plenty of time for them to to prep themselves for that one against against I think is it 11 in a row uh, county champions from from Waterford, assuming of course Bally Gunner get the better of, of Sarsfields. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I read a piece today that. Um, Sarsfield's travelled down to Waterford on Sunday, but they're doing anything but throwing in the towel, I can tell you, Tom. Um, they're going there meaning business. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be entirely surprised at all if if, if Sarsfield's were to pull off a shot there. Yeah. 
Well, we'll see. We'll see who. We'll see who comes out. It's uh, the nineteenth of November. Is Napierschik's day out anyway? Uh, if it's Sarsfields, it will be in Cork, and if it's Ballygunner, it'll be in Limerick. So we'll watch this space and see. Matt, before uh, the Daily Cup was collected uh, in the two scale grounds a couple of hours earlier, we had one of the most dramatic conclusions to any game of hurling I think we have ever seen <laughs> across Limerick. Uh, Half time, ten points to eight. Blackrock going quite well, probably still in third gear. Um, maybe uh, a drumming at Lacka stuck in, in 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 reverse times, or maybe, but still found themselves only two points down. By the end of the third quarter, they're ahead, and with fifty five on the clock, or just before that, I think they were eleven points up. Maybe with fifty five, they were back to nine. But like that's a winning position, and yet Blackrock come up with three goals to tie it up uh, in 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 the couple of minutes of extra time, and then David Reedy. If anyone hasn't seen this, David Reedy launches a free similar to uh, Joe Canning did in 2018. The only difference this time was Tom Condon didn't catch it. It was actually uh, David Breen who catched it, uh, catches it for uh, Drummond at Laka, and then from close range, flicks it over the bar, game over. I mean, like, I, I, it was crazy stuff. I was trying to get, get ahead of my report uh, for the Irish Examiner at the game, and I just couldn't because the game just flipped all of a sudden, and Black Rock looked like they had everything, and then they got caught at the last. But what... What a second half of hurling we had! Oh, it was just uh, just simply un, un, unbelievable. But I, I I think it was pretty obvious um, at halftime, and we were discussing it. If you remember in the commentary box, Thomas, as to what Janet Becker had doing, um, I felt anyway that what they had to do was press forward and the black rock puck out and and get David Reedy into the game, and they succeeded in doing both of those. And um, but black rock uh, continued with the shot puck out even at that stage. But, you know, they got turned over. And I, I, I've seen an interesting statistic after, and you probably have this as well, that that um, Dominic Lackey got 2-5 from turnovers from shot puck outs, which is, yeah, which is, which is a, you know, a huge statistic. like, And it, it's a huge chunk of, of what they scored. Now, uh, Blackrock were comfortable in the first half. Now, the, 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 the Whites tally... You know, I, I think they should have been further ahead. I think that played merited further ahead, but it, it wasn't as if they were missing chances. I think the first half was only something like four whites to three or three whites to two. Yeah, you know, but certainly they're having warranted. So, and I, I, I think in the first half they were particularly afraid to go along because we saw during the year the influence, the impact that, that um, Peter Ryan had in, had in, in all Drummond Atlantis games. And we also saw the impact that, that I, and I think they worried about the impact if they went long, David really picking it up there around the half-back line, which he did so often in other games. So, um, But, you know, they, they, they tried a short game and, like, Richie McCarthy was imperious in the first half. Fantastic. But then in their hour of need, when they were prepared to throw caution to the wind and give it a go, you know, um, they put him up front. You know, and he proved to be a huge up, handful up there. I think he set up two goals, one the free for the other one, got a he point. He set up two goals um, and he, he got a, he got yeah. a point. Yeah. And he was you fouled know? for the, 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 like, the, so the, the he, leveling he, goal. He, like, he, yeah. he was, you know, as a forward or a, or a, or a back, he, he, had a, he had a memorable game, like, but... Um, I just don't know. I and I said it to some of the attacker fellas after. How would they recover 
could they possibly conceive recovering had they lost the hurling match? Yeah. Like, you know, they really had to win it twice. They had it one with five minutes to go. They had it last four minutes into injury time. But they hadn't lost, but they were missing extra time. Yeah, but, and, and normally, um, normally in that scenario... That... I, I, thought, I thought that the David Reedy free was a score or bust, you know? Um, you know, one of those type of situations that if it didn't make the destination, that it would be the full-time whistle. But obviously there was extra, there was time to be still played. And, and what a fantastic catch by David Breen. You know, yeah. that's only Among part of the story. Yeah. yeah, that's only part of the story. But he was so, it was so cluttered in around there. How he found space to direct it with his stick over the bar, that, that is the great mystery. But he did, you know, yeah. and he will be forever a hero in Drummond at Lackey. Because um, Jerry Hickey, their manager, we spoke to him afterwards, he he would have a very, very difficult task, Tom, in picking up his players had they been forced to extra time. Because there was what no doubt at that stage, the momentum and all the impetus was with Black Rock. Absolutely, yeah. To, just just to finish up on, on that game, uh, Matt, uh, huge for a club like Drummond at Lacka. Um, I know they play with Banog, folks from Banog as well, um, and that's the football element of the clubs there. But 2008, Matt, it's a long time for any club to be outside the senior ranks, and they have come slowly but surely, but slowly but surely up, you know, and, and steadily built and built and it's it must be so satisfying for the, the guys that have soldiered for the majority of those years and the club officers and everything. And you know, when we seen the Piercing winning, not that it means less than the Piercing, but they're used to winning. Whereas certain you know, we go through the grades here now in a second. Clubs who don't win that often, it means so much. You could just you can hear it in the Gaelic rounds when these teams, when the whistle goes, what it means to them. And you can just you could see the relief, obviously, with the way the game went, you could see the relief. But for a club to be, you know, outside the top table for that long. It's just it's just monumental for them to first of all win the county title, but second of all be back dining with the big boys, as they say. Oh, it is absolutely. But they have been the most successful team in the history of the intermediate championship. They've won five times, going all the way back to 1977 when they beat my own club, Glenrow, uh, in in the final. Um, and uh, they have been very successful at this at that level. But this is their first time. This was their first foray into a, a Premier Intermediate final. And um, really, it, it was their first foray into the concluding stages of the Premier Intermediate Championship because it's not too long since they were down playing Intermediate. They won the Intermediate Championship in 2018. And very, very interesting that the two captains last Sunday, Peter Ryan was a county-winning captain in 2018. Padre Blackrock was a county-winning captain in 2019. But um, you're right, it, it, it has been a long hiatus for um, um, Drummond and Lackey to be away from senior, from, from senior ranks. And um, I think Peter Reinger mentioned there pre-match that just himself and James Kelleher have experience of playing senior hurling with the club. Yeah. You know, but, but going forward, and, and um, obviously we'll talk about 2024 when 2024 comes, but what must be very heartening for Drummond and Lackey? is that during during the, the final on Sunday, 
up to seven under 21 players were used. And I mentioned yeah. I mentioned earlier about Willem O'Donoghue who come back. It was fantastic to see Keane Scully coming in for the last 15 minutes after he'd been dogged by injury for so long. You know, and he certainly would be one from an attack as key players, you know, a regular with Limerick at minor and under 20 level, an All-Ireland winner with odd score reach. And um, with 15 minutes to go or 10 minutes to go, actually, it was fantastic uh, to see him stripping off and coming into the game because, you know, no matter how partisan you are um, on occasions like this, you always want to see the best players on the field. Yeah, And, Definitely. you know, Saturday saw the return of Willem O'Donoghue and the return of Keane Scully. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. And, and both, of course, in the winner's enclosure. And I must give praise as well to the, the youngster, Sean O'Neill, on, on the Black Rock side as well. Just give him a nod. He was involved in a couple of those late scores as well. And he was on the Limerick 20 this year. So there is talent far and wide across this county. That's, that's fair to say. Matt, uh, they will yeah, now play... Sean O'Neill, Sean O'Neill... Um, you know, it was a memorable run by him, if you remember, Tom, right through the heart of the drum and Atlaka defence. And we were talking to Judd Hickey after about some something to switch off on that part. And I think it was evident that the way he was allowed run and run. He ran 40 metres before yeah. he offloaded to Colm O'Keefe to bury it in the net. It was a fantastic run by Sean O'Neill. Yeah, and he was involved in the first goal as well, the, or the, whichever goal it was. He played it into Richie McCarthy. And that was the first up, goal. So, yeah, sorry. He had an influence on, on two of the three goals, to be fair to him. Uh, Matt, they're going to play, uh, uh, Drummond at Lacka, that is, of course, they're going to play Corofin of Clare or Laura Dara, if I can pronounce that correctly, of Tipperary. That's on the 19th. So they'll be looking to maybe follow in the footsteps of Mona Lean, who have now paved the way for Limerick in the intermediate uh, Munster Championship. And, I, th I think I think they're they're well equipped to to give that a fair go and and, and potentially book a monster final place, um. So we shall we shall look forward to that and 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 we'll see with the venue and all the rest of it in due course. So uh, a monster semi final for them to look forward to. Uh, Matt, we must move it along now and looking at Sunday and uh, you and I were uh, joined at the hip for Sunday's game. And before we talk about the game, right, let's talk about the occasion. Granabel and Gary. And Crokill Finney, next door neighbours, not often have met. They met in last year's championship, and someone else told me it was 1998 since they had previously met in championship. That'll tell you how unfamiliar they are in terms of competitive action. The occasion, Matt, I told it was about 11, 1200 people paid in. I'd say there was with kids and everything else, it was probably two, three thousand in Ballet Grand for this one. It was very, very, very memorable. We couldn't hear ourselves, Matt, uh, where we were commentating for a match for most of the game. And, uh, you know, even afterwards, we were in amongst the huddle, uh, just listening to the, the speech from, from the Granite Balagari side of things. What a memorable occasion this was. An incredible memorable occasion. And let's start at the very, very beginning, um, uh, Tom. Happiest congratulations and well done um, to the Castletown Ballet Grand GAA Club. They really, really pushed the board in ensuring that everything was meticulously in order for the big occasion. And the way they had everything set out played no small part in ensuring, you know, that everything was there fit for a, an occasion such, such as it was. And the two teams responded. Now, the pitch was in pristine condition considering that the amount of rain that we've had in the previous week. And, like, they, they delivered the special final, Tom. Uh, Tom. 
I think they were level was it six or seven times in the second half alone. You know, and it 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 was right, it was right in the melting pot until two absolutely stunning, magnificent points in as many minutes from Luke Flynn, the full forward. Like he he just cleared out a defense, the first one, he picked it up, he made progress of about 20 yards. And he must have driven it 60 meters from 60 meters over the bar. And the second one was from a similar position. And like from the minute it left his stick, there wasn't a doubt on earth about it. That was putting daylight between the sides, you know, at a crucial stage. I timed those two scores for the 64th and 65th minute. You might say, sure, the match should be over at that stage. Unfortunately, the match was held up early in the second half due to an unfortunate injury. To to Adam of, of Croke Finian. Let's hope that, that Adam is well, well on the road to recovery and, um, you know, that we'll see him back before too long. Uh, just an and, update on that, Matt. Just, just, just to come in on that. He, 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 I think he's a broken wrist he suffered and looked, he looked in extreme discomfort, but I did hear he was able to, to join in with his teammates for, uh, you know, uh, I suppose uh, not a celebratory drink, but, you know, just he was able to get back and uh, join them after the game that evening, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, Good to see that you know he, he I think he went out as far as Mallow for the hospital treatment and got patched up and, and back. So yeah, we don't want to see anyone missing out on a county final, and we certainly don't want to see anyone missing out in a county final. But uh, Adam, you know, he's well, impacted. It impacted Crockett Finney Tom because he he was I, I thought he had a very good first half, you know. Yes. So it's good. It's good to hear that Adam is back and, and well back on the road to recovery, but. Um, yeah, look, it, it was a very, very exciting final. It is everything they could expect from a final. Like, there was a good level of intensity. And if you remember, Tom, we were wondering after five or six or seven minutes, um, could they possibly sustain the level of work rate and intensity that was there in those first six or seven minutes? And I think you remarked it in commentary. We've gone down the home straight, the same level of it was there. You know, it was yeah. fantastic. Both sides left everything in Paddy Carroll Park. They gave it everything. Now, a bit of the background to it, Brian Gary, you know, um, uh, had a couple of close misses in the semi-final over the last two years, and um, uh, they were gunning, they were gunning for action. But spare a thought for Croke Kilfinney. Third final, and defeated in all three Fantastic record since they came into intermediate hurling. They drew with Fiohana in their first game ever at intermediate level. They hadn't lost the game until the last round against Kilmallock this time. And they lost that at a stage when they had already safely qualified for the semi-final. So it was a dead rubber game. Like, And they have been the team of the competition. And they've set the, they've set the benchmark for the last three years. But unfortunately, they're just not able to get over the line. And I can sympathise all day. I was I was chairman of my own club in Glenroe when we lost three finals in a row, 75, 6 and 7, to Mungret, Fedemar and Drummond at Lacca, having won the, champion, the junior championship for the first time in 74. So my heart goes out to them. Look, they, they've, 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 they've made a noble contribution to the intermediate championship over the last three years, and they made a more than noble contribution to what was a great final last Sunday. Yeah, we must uh, we must uh, 
offer commiserations to Croke Tiffany. I'm sure they'll be they'll be back amongst it again in the Green Sports Ground Intermediate Championship. And uh, Matt, we must both tip our hats to Dennis O'Connor in the goal for Granabell and Gary. Uh, I don't know his exact age. I won't I won't give it out if I do. And uh, a certain man by the name of Donald Dodge O'Grady. These two men won this title against your own Lenaru, which you have I don't think you've mentioned it yet, Matt, but uh, <laughs> in two thousand and five, their last county title uh you know for Granabell and Gary. And they're they they're back and, again and did a big influence on the game, the two of them as well. They had and that was a memorable final. A memorable, memorable final, but Granabell and Gary won it by three points. I think Dunroo were up three points going down the home straight. So um they have been involved in mem- memorable finals. But if I could throw if I could shed some light on on on, on Dennis O'Connor, what a great character and what a what a great servant hurling. He was a member of the Limerick Minor squad that reached the All Ireland final in 2005. That they were beaten by um, a Joe Canning inspired Galway side oh, yeah. in Croke Park. You know, and it was on a day when Don O'Grady, his brother in law, got, I think, five points or six points in the final. So um, uh, Limerick w- went to Croke Park that day with very little, little or no chance. They were rank outsiders, and by God, did they give plenty of it to Galway? Mm. But um, yeah. Dennis Dino, as he's, 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 as he's affectionately known, he was around in that. But what can we say about Don Logrady? You know, what can we say? Um, look, um, he, he defies gravity. He defies logic. Like, it's one thing being out there, you know, and I, I, I hate repeating people's ages. Not, I'm not going to do it now, but... Like the level of performance, Tom, and yeah. he, he, his perform his performance was absolutely crucial, Tom. If you look back in the game now, his performance was you know he really hit top notch when they needed it most, when the game was in the melting pot and needed to be won. I think he was seen to the fore during that during that period. But you know, congratulations to the two lads. I had many jokes with them after the game, but about age and all that sort of thing, and about retiring. But um, don't rule out Don Logrady appearing in the Limerick Senior Hurling Championship or uh, Limerick Premier Intermediate Hurling Championship in 2024. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Dennis will be anywhere. Yeah, well, fair play to them and, and their teammates from Granabell and Gary. Uh, unfortunately for them, there's no Munster Club action on the horizon. It's one of those grades that kind of falls between the cracks because of the, the restructure a few years ago. But they have the, the biggest prize that they wanted, and that, of course, a county title. Matt, the tier below, we didn't see this one live, but anyone that's seen the highlights and has watched back the game on that was streamed by Limerick JATV, <laughs> anyone who watched it live was just served, served to another classic game. At a really sticky Kilmallock, and now Kilmallock uh, not having to go to your pitch at all, but it's just the, the, the amount of rain, the amount of games that they've had. But yes, the hurling, it was like it was being played in Croke Park. The, the, the scores from both teams, a couple of the goals, incredible. Um, great stuff. And it, it, it was drawn. Fina get the last score in, I think it was 67 minutes played. They tie it up, brings it extra time, and then they get the last score again in extra time to bring it to penalties. But... Mr. Brown in the Munger St. Paul's goal is the hero. Scores one, saves two, and then JJ Harrington gets the winner for them. Um, heartbreak for Fina Kilmeady, but Munger's, in fairness to them, 
they, they, they had to dig deep, you know, they lost this, they effectively lost the game twice in, in a way, but they had to dig deep and they got over the line eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I I met loggerheads with the way that they got over the line, not with Mungbits, uh, with, with anybody getting over the line on penalties. You know, I I have an aversion uh, to that manner of ending a game. I, I, I you know, I, especially after extra time. You know, if like if 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 if, if it's a draw, normal play, it's still a draw. I think these that both both sides deserve is 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 um is is a not started. But congratulations to to, to Sam Pauls, and um, you know you know we spoke about it just two weeks ago. I think um Tom about what they're doing in that club is just simply phenomenal, phenomenal. It's a paragon for clubs anywhere. Yes, people will say, right, they have the numbers. There are other places that have the numbers and they're not using them. But they have in, they have in place the structure and the environment for young players, both in hurling and football, to develop. We'll be talking about them practically ad nauseum again when we come to previewing the football because they're involved in two of the four football finals. And, you know, it's it, it for both sides, interestingly, last Sunday, it was the first leg of a potential double. Um, uh, Fina Kilmeade, the Junior Ray Hurling Championship and the Premier Football Championship, and uh, um, Munger St. Paul's, the Junior A Hurling Championship and the Junior A Football Championship. But um, now, as I said, I only saw snippets of uh, of the um, of, of the match, but from all accounts, like it was absolutely dramatic throughout, absolutely dramatic. And um, as I say, congratulations to um, to Mungret um, St. Paul's. Have looked to Phoenix Media. They will really have to pick it up this weekend to salvage something from the season. Now, because yeah. uh, uh, Mungret St. Paul's, in accordance with the, the, the rules of the club's championship, cannot, as a second team, go forward into that competition. So, Fiatil Midi will be representing us in the hurling and football championships because uh, who they, Newcastle West, who they play in the football, are in a similar position. So, Phoenical Media have a double stab at the Munster Championships to look forward to. Yeah, and they'll be hoping, obviously, to pick themselves up for the uh, the football final, which we'll get on to uh, very shortly. But uh, commiserations to them and congratulations to Mungers. They had won, previously won that uh, championship with their first team in the mid-2000s. So, in fairness to them, they've won another. And that's a double promotion for them now, uh, so to speak. They've won, obviously gone from Senior B to Senior A or Group 2 to Group 1, whether, if you want to be pedantic about it. And now they're gone, obviously, from Junior A to Intermediate as well. So, not too bad. And they were beaten in the Junior C final as well. So, uh, another another county final for them and the two football to come. Uh, Matt, and uh, just another result to hand in the Junior Championship. Staker Wallace, uh, unfortunately, uh, the word relegation is now uh, tagged to their name for this year. They were defeated by Black Rock in you know a South Limerick clash uh, that was on early enough on Saturday. Uh, Staker Wallace, uh, fine facilities and all that, but club with uh, you know not the greatest depth of, of playing resources. They're kind of surrounded by a lot of a lot of the the bigger powers in Limerick hurling. Um, so the, 
diff- difficult to see any club going down, but particularly, you know, one of the smaller ones, uh, certainly on a, on a number, on a playing numbers anyway, but uh, disappointing for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very disappointed. I'm very disappointed for him. On a personal basis, I must confirm that I'm extremely disappointed as people that know me, particularly around here. I have a very, very strong family connection. Um, both sides of my family, you know, with the Staker Wallace um, area. And um, I'm, I'm extremely disappointed that they've gone down. Um, but as, as one of them, uh, you know, pragmatically said to me inside the Gaelic grounds, look, you know, we've gone down because we didn't win a hurling match this year. Simple as that, you know. And um, the big question is, how will they react to going down now? I know that they have been unlucky in 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 the run up to in the closing stages of the championship. In that a couple of players went to Australia, Dermot McCarthy, who would be that key forward, sustained a very serious injury which ruled him out. Um, and 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 the whole lot coming together. But I, for one, honestly thought that when they got into um, the snake pit, that is that that is the relegation playoffs, that 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 they would survive in it. But Look, it is what it is. Um, they had a five-point lead um, going into the concluding stages, but that found that extra spot, and um, you know, um, f- you know, had enough um, to to to, um, to defend their status, which is credit to them as well. But um, for the stakers going forward, I I dislike seeing any teams going down, no matter who they are. Um, it, it, it is not a very pleasant place to be, but um, I just hope that they regroup at, at junior B level, and and um, you know now they have, as you probably know, Tom, they they have been an integral part of the Cushley Gales um, underage structure yeah. Yeah. themselves and Effin, who've been rather successful. Uh, they have. Um, they have, um, you know, they have a number of good players coming through, but they're young, and that uh, there's an age gap. But what they've got to do is go down, regroup, you know, and try and get as quickly as possible, um, because they have young players coming through, and maybe some of the older brigade, you know, start to win together, and they have. The loss of players, as I said, to immigration, they're about three in all, I think. The injury to Dermot McCarthy, like there, 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 there were circumstances. Um, but, um, you know, congratulations to Kilf Black Rock for maintaining their status. And let's hope that we, 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 when we talk about the concluding stages of the Junior B Championship in 12 months' time, if we're around, um, that we will be talking about the Staker and Wallace. Um, you know, uh, that, you know, that they'll get back up, get that house in order and start winning holding matches at Junior B level and see where it takes them. Yeah, that's it. So they'll be in the South Junior B Championship next year and they'll hope to be, I'm sure, competitive amongst it. Uh, mentioning Junior B, Matt, just to mention the fixtures that are uh, provisionally at the moment anyway, fix for UL on Saturday at UL South Campus. We'll see Bally Brown versus Maru Boher and uh, Moanleen facing South Liberties. Uh, so the City Champions and the East Champions uh, battling against each other there. So we shall see who prevails yeah, in that one. Two very interesting semi-finals. And as you were saying to me off air, Tom, 
it was very interesting in the June or B that um, uh, it's the two um, City and the two East hurling teams have come through to the semi-finals, and in the June or B football, it's the two South and the two West teams are through to the last four, which may, makes it very very interesting. You know that um, maybe we'll get one team from each division into the finals. It's still possible, yeah. We might end up though with repeat pairings of the divisional but you see, finals. Which... The, the thing about Juno B, as as it was with the divisional championships in the past, it's very very hard to make a clear judgment about the standard in one division vis-a-vis -vis another. Yeah, you know it. It certainly isn't easy. You must remember that Brough won the county champion. They won the South. They won the county last year. They won the Munster, and were so unlucky in the All Ireland that they were a really strong team, but Brewery had pushed them to the very limit in the South final. And you would have have expected that Brewery would have would have driven on this year. But you see, it's it's the nature of the competition. In that, you know, the, 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 the Juno B players and Juno B squads are liable to be picked off and burned at any at any stage from from the the you know the either junior, intermediate, or even senior teams in the clubs. Yeah, yeah, and these four teams are all second teams, so there's, that has definitely happened in all four cases where players who may have been thinking they were junior B players had to step up. But anyway, we shall see that there Saturday afternoon, those ones are penciled in for at the moment. But with the weather and all the rest of it, we shall see what comes of those fixtures. Matt, we must now look, uh, we'll take a, a bit of a recess from action and we must look back at what was of 50 years ago. Yes, in Matt's hand there, I'll just bring it up on screen there for you as well, uh, is this fantastic book which will be launched this Sunday in the Woodlands House Hotel. It is the 1973 book, Keeping the Dream Alive, uh, a book put together by James London, Liam O'Brien and Niall Deegan, who are three avid Limerick supporters uh, of all things Limerick GA, and obviously uh, great uh, fans of their history, in particular sporting and indeed cultural history around Limerick. Matt, you have the whole of it there. You've obviously not a time to read it all. It's about four or 500 pages. It's a mammoth. Uh, publication the lads put together um, but uh, early signs is it has covered all sorts of angles around 1973 even I know it touches on 1972 1973 league campaign it, they have left no stone unturned and they've discovered some more information that maybe people hadn't previously known about players and backroom teams and all that so they've they have searched high high and wide for information about the, the great team of 1973 Tom, it it it, uh, it it is an incredible it's an incredible production. Like take take the production itself. It's it, look, it's a hardback. It's uh, I think it may be available in paperback as well. But um, this is a copy of it. It's a voluminous document, as you said, four or five hundred pages, packed with information. Now you must remember, to me, this is a treasure trove, because. As somebody that actually lived through it and sweat through it, if you if, if if you like, because I hadn't remembered the fifty-five team, I was too small. So um, you know, that day coming out of Turles in the Munster final after Richie Binnis's late point, it was just fantastic. And to go on and win the All Ireland after that, it was simply incredible. And I must remember, you know, that these men gave us the oxygen for the for forty-five years. You know, we lived off the oxygen of these men's achievement until Declan Hannon went up to take the Lee McCarthy Cup in 2018 in all of 45 years. But the production is excellent. And heartiest congratulations to the three boys 
James London, Liam O'Brien and Niall Deegan. They were in here with us uh, a couple of weeks ago or maybe maybe two months ago explaining, um, you know, what, what it was... Um, what it was all about, and I, what has been absolutely phenomenal about it is there are pictures in it that I have never seen before, and I've thralled, I thought I had thralled everything on 1973. I thought I knew everything about it, and um, I thought, you know, that I'd seen every picture about it. But after seeing this, um, Tom, as the saying, the country, I know nothing. <laughs> You know, um, such yeah. is the volume of information and the magnificent way that it's put um, and uh, and um, the whole thing is put together. Like, you know, this is an incredible production. This, this to me, you know, would be a strong candidate for uh, Sports Book of the Year. You know, the way it has been put together, uh, the, the, the reading content, the copy, the photographs, the clarity of the photographs, the detail, simply, simply phenomenal. And as I said, for 45 years, we long-suffering Limerick supporters lived on the oxygen with these great men. So it's going to be launched on, on Sunday evening at half six. It's open to everybody to, to yeah. come along. And like, you know, um, most of the players will, 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 will be there. Sadly, a few heart of this life with the like of a good friend of mine, Jim O'Brien and Andy Dunworth have gone gone to their reward. But um a lot of the a lot of you know many many of, of that squad will will be there on on, on, on Sunday evening and um, they're going to be presented um with a copy of this book you know and by God do they do they deserve it and Tom you know, it's, it's anybody, you know, a Limerick supporter shouldn't be without this book. And due, and uh, thanks to the generosity of the three men that gave so much time and um, so much painstaking effort into producing what is a fantastic volume, uh, all the proceed, net proceeds are being donated to charity. Yeah. Fantastic gesture, yeah. And uh, just just to add to that, it's uh, retailing at 30 euros will be available in numerous shops across the county. And I'm sure you can get in touch with the lads through social media platforms and all the rest of it if uh, you're looking to pick up a copy for someone further afield as well. Uh, retailing at 30 euro, and I can tell you, yeah, if, uh, if absolutely, when you say that, it would make an absolutely, and we're into that season now, it's the first of November. Took the words out of my mouth, Christmas Matt. present it would make, yeah. You know, if, if you know someone, if you know GA supporter in your life that maybe is of that era, or maybe even that, maybe even younger, someone who who would just love that bit of history, I tell you, you you you'll, sp you'll spend thirty euro on an awful lot, an awful lot else that wouldn't be of 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 same uh, value to them on Christmas Day or indeed around that yeah. time. It would be, but, couldn't be a nicer present for someone. You know, and um, people that wouldn't be of my vintage and considerably after it, well worth reading. You know, to make the comparison, you know, of how it happened. And there are similarities. There are similarities. Because in the 10 years previously, we had been beaten in in um, a couple of minor finals, All-Ireland minor finals. Very like losing minors in Croke Park before this team broke on the scene 
Um, Limerick CBS were in full power, like Artskull Reach were in the lead into, you know, like Artskull Reach are now. You know, there are similarities, you know, but well, well, it's a fantastic production. Congratulations to the three lads. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We'll just move along now, Matt. Um, unfortunately, some sad news. Uh, we're speaking on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, the great Vivian Cobb, a man who hurled for Limerick in the 50s and indeed, I think, 60s, a man of St. Patrick's GA fame, uh, Munster, minor, or Munster Senior Hurling Championship medal winner in 1955 uh, with Mackey's Greyhounds, as that team was nicknamed. Uh, he's gone to his eternal reward, uh, Matt. Uh, not someone that I would know an awful lot about. Um, I've definitely heard the name. Munster, Munster medal winner in a, in a time when Limerick were starved of success, really, uh, from, you know, the, the 30s until kind of the 70s. And then, and obviously, we've had another gap in, in between as well. But um, a great club man. There's a photo of him doing the rounds in line there with uh, the great Gerard Hegarty, um, I think, just after the success in 2018. And I'm sure he was the, one of the proudest men in Revogue and, and the surrounds um, when the Lee McCarthy was brought back. Uh, by by uh, clubmate Gerald Hegarty, but uh, unfortunately Vivian has 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 passed on uh, just just this this last day or two. So it's uh, sad news around the Mercier. Oh, sad news and deep sympathy to 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 the Cobb family and indeed to the GA family and the St Patrick's Club, um, of which he was a member. You're you're, you're right. He was he was um, a, a monster final winner with with Mackey's Greyhounds in 1955 and. Um, that, that was something of a surprise when, um, just, just to take you back briefly, Tom, Limerick had beaten Waterford in the Munster semi-final. Clare had beaten Cork and Tipperary and were pretty sure that they were going to win the Munster Championship and decided that they'd play the game in Limerick something like they did this year. So this year had a precedent um, for Clare coming, coming to Limerick for a Munster final. and um, yeah, But nobody had told Limerick, no, nobody had told them, um, particularly Dermot Kelly, that, that um, Clare's name was in the trophy because I think Dermot Kelly on the day scored a goal in 12 points. Limerick won by 10. But Vivian Cobb was, 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 was part of that team and uh, part of the Limerick team for a number of years and a man that gave great service not only to his county but also to his club, St. Patrick's. Now, he was also a brother of Paddy Cobb. And Paddy, Paddy Cobb, like, like, like um, Vivian was, you know, represented Limerick with, with distinction. No, no more so than when he captained Limerick to win the 1958 Ireland Minor final in Croke Park on, on, on the same day that that, um, that Tony Wall captained Tipperary. And back in those days, Paddy Cobb was telling me himself about the, um, the, the presentation was unlike um, what it is today. Back then in 1958, the minor and senior cups were presented together after the senior game. So Paddy had to hang around during the senior game uh, to be ready to go up and accept the Irish Press Cup after the senior final. But um, Cubs have, have given fantastic service to the Limerick GA and our deepest sympathy to the family at this sad time at the passing of Vivian Cobb. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well said, Matt. And uh, I, I echo those sentiments. And obviously, a tremendous uh, clubman from St. Patrick's. So, 
we send our love sympathies to the Cobb and and the, the Cobb family and those in St. Patrick's. Uh, Matt, we must move now to the big ball and uh, four finals, as we've touched on already, coming hot and heavy at us this weekend. Uh, two of them being streamed. There's people out there now before we start saying, Tom, they don't want to talk about football at all. We do. Keep on we do. listening. Absolutely, we do. Yeah, yeah. We cover them in equal measure, you and I. Uh, Math Senior Football, uh, this is being streamed by Limerick GATV. Intermediate is also being streamed for those of uh, those of you who'll be interested in that one. Uh, one of them, that's the Intermediate Saturday, the Senior is Sunday. Looking at the Senior Final, uh, Math, three finals in a row. Will it be three in a row for Newcastle West? Uh, they've, they've beaten it there on the last two occasions and can they complete the hat-trick over, you know, I suppose their rivals, their Western rivals, but also their rivals on the field of play for, you know, which has been brewing for what, six, seven seasons now? Yeah, look, it's the third final and it's the third final in a row, Tom. And, um, you know, Adair will not want that unwanted record of losing three finals in a row. Um, Newcastle West, on the other hand, they, they really want to. They really want to win three in a row, but they don't want to talk about it until it until it happens. But there's no question about it, Tom. Uh, the best two football teams in Limerick are in Sunday's final, you know. And let's let's hope that you know the final will take a cue from the excellent stuff that we saw in the hurling finals this weekend. Like they both came through their group stages without a glove being laid in them, 100% records into the semi-final. All right, Adair were pushed to um, to uh, extra time by Father Cases, and you could say Drummond at Lacker like there were seven points up, which in a football match is a winning lead any day, midway through the second half, and they succumbed it and um, were forced to go to extra time, but um, but were comfortable in, in in extra time. I saw the other semi final between Newcastle West and um, Monoline. Monoline were very very disappointing on the day. They, they came in, it was the third year in a row that they have met in, in the semi-final. It's the third year in a row that Newcastle West have prevailed. They prevailed in 2021 by a single point, 11 points to 10. They last year by a single goal, a goal by Dermot Kelly, uh, just as the clock ticked into injury time, won 10 to 10 points. And now this year they, 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 they prevailed to go nine points to six points and were full value for it. But it was a disappointing semi-final, unlike the other semi-final, which was 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 quite exciting. But no arguments whatsoever. The best two teams in Limerick are in the Limerick Senior Football Final. Now, if you if you look at the personnel on the on the, on the various sides, um, Newcastle West have suffered a loss. They are, have received the boost. Um, and Newcastle West have lost Keane Sheehan, their all-star nominee. Who is abroad and who who didn't take part in the championship? On the Adair side, you have the return of Hugh Burke, who missed most of last year's championship, including the final. And it's just not only Hugh Burke returning, but Hugh Burke in absolutely top form returning. So, um, if there was a gap last year, um, you you would think on the face of it um, that it's closed. But um, I, I was very impressed with, with Newcastle West when I saw him in the semi-final. Um, I, I had seen him earlier in the competition, and I, I said it here two weeks ago, and I always get this sense from Newcastle West, um, rightly or wrongly, and they, they, they'd probably argue it with me, um, 
you know, that they just do enough um, to, to get to the knockout stages of the competition. Um, they certainly don't go wild in, when, they, when they're playing teams that are on top, you know. Um, but um, it's going to make a very, very interesting final. Um, How is it going to go? I think it's, it's going to be very, very close. Very, very close. Um, it, it's two years ago, and J. O'Connor goal proved crucial, you know, in, in, in deciding it. Um, uh, like, if you're asking me to call it, Tom, I won't. I don't know. I <laughs> probably, you know, it could have a draw, could have extra time, could have penalties written all over it. Um, it, it may be one of those, but um, if I was pushed, I would say um, possibly Newcastle West. Ian Corbett is in fantastic form. They have young players coming through. You know, you have the, you have the like of Rudan O'Connor, you have Adam Neville, you have Emmett Richter. These guys are really making senior football their own. You know, and of course, you have the like of James Kelly. I think Dan O'Doherty is having a fantastic season at fullback. And what about the irrepressible Mike 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 or uh, Mike um, McMahon at full forward? You know, they, it was he got the goal against them um, against Mona Lee and like so. And then on the Adair side, to could experience the stare as well. Like you know, if, if you look at the Adair record, you know these are born winners. Like after being relegated in 2015, intermediate champions in 2016, senior champions in 2017, 2018, and 2020, throwing two under 21 Premier titles in, <coughs> and a lot of their players, a lot of these players have been involved in it. And you fellas like Paul Maher, who have and Debbie Lyons, who have represented the county, Mikey Lyons, you know, and they have young players coming through as well. The Joe Sweeney's, the Josh Toomey's of this world. Adam Kenny, you know, very, very good players coming through. It's all building up to a fantastic final. Um, I think there will be very, very, very little in it. If New West can find a way scoring Hugh Burke. And on the other side, um, the searing runs of, of, of Ian Carver to cause trouble to anybody. They caused Monolian untold trouble. Now, he, he was solely re responsible in the build-up of the goal, and he, he laid it on perfectly to Mike, uh, Mike McMahon. Got a couple of points as well. And this is what you want from, from your captain. Leading from the front, Ian Corbett is in fantastic form, which is, <coughs> which is ominous, you know, for those that are trying to bring him down. But I think it will be very, very close. And I think Newcastle West will get it only just. Yeah, right. That's interesting. I, I, I don't know where I sit on the lighter matter. It is difficult to call. I, I think I've taught it there, I've backed it there kind of in a lot of ways in the last few years, thinking that they would get it done. And I think this might be their year. I think maybe the the last key and sheen I touched on it a few weeks ago is is a, is a huge one in the in the scheme of a big tight game that we're expecting like this. And the addition of Ubark. If Ubark can get anywhere near the form he got in that semi final. It could be, it could be, it could be their day. I, I think Monlin didn't do enough to unlock the Newcastle West defence. Newcastle West defend deep. If anyone hasn't seen, they can put 13, 14, and 15 behind the ball. They can do that 
they could do that for 55 or 60 minutes as long as they're ahead they'll be able to do that but i think if they're there and come out and be the front runners it could be their day it's uh this tricky one to call i think the gaelic grounds will suit it there more so than newcastle west um there like to play at a bit more pace um and newcastle west are probably more on the counter attack but anyway we shall see i'm gonna i'm gonna side with it there by a single point but uh uh we shall see we shall see i'm very much looking forward to that. 2 p.m on sunday in the gaelic grounds and uh we've had no three in a row since the 1970s so we should see if that would continue matt but just getting back to um just getting back to hugh burke um his performance in the semi-final was excellent but i i've seen him in a couple of games and it was the same time he is yeah. his top form has been consistent right through this championship Absolutely, yeah. Well, we should see. As I say, 2 p.m. Sunday, and who can, uh, who will be bringing home the Father Casey Cup uh, back west? We shall see. Matt, the tier below that is um, an interesting duo. It's fair to say it is the, I suppose, the aristocrats of Limerick football for since the turn of the millennium. Drum Colour Bradford looking to make the bounce back to the senior grade against the Munger St Paul's team that um, just seems to be, you know, always knocking on that door, but just can't quite do enough to get over semi-finals or get over finals and they're they want to get over the line it's 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 an interesting one i think a lot of people fancy that i think munger are finally what better equipped to actually go and win this grade and then maybe drum color there's a feeling that maybe that this final has come as a bit of a surprise for them that they're building with younger and a newer generation but that maybe the final has come too soon but nevertheless you're in a final you're going to want to win it Have I lost you? Yeah, Mungret, you know, Mungret have been flirting with a breakthrough at intermediate level for the last couple of years. They were beaten in three semi-finals, beaten in two quarter-finals. So get to the final has been something of a holy grail for them. And um, they, they they have got there, but they, they, they experienced a very, very tough semi-final from Ratkeel, you know, which might stand them in good stead going into the final. You rightly described them um, from Bradford as the aristocrats of Limerick football. That that's what they are in the third millennium. They have been simply magnificent. This is their third year down at uh, intermediate level. They got to the quarter final and lost Rakil um, in in twenty twenty one. Their first year down, they got to the final last year and lost in the Pearsick. And here they are back in the in 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 the final again. Now these teams met in in the first round of the championship. And um, Mungret St. Paul's had a very comfortable 113 to 8 points victory. But, Tom, that would count for absolutely nothing on Sunday. You know, um, it may be only about two months ago, but in football terms, it's in the dim and distant past now. So, um, I expect this one to be very, very <coughs> close again. Paran um, is called of... Um, um, the former Limerick footballer is 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 the coach to Munger, and um, they 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 have a very very young squad. Like they they they're putting through now in Munger. a final as well. They're like Munger. Munger have been very very successful at all in hurling and football, and they have been there. 
there or thereabouts uh, contest, contesting the closing stages of competitions. What they're doing is they're bringing through a lot of those players now at the moment. And a lot of the Mongol players would probably not be as familiar as some of the Drum Bradford players because I suppose the, the only man that has worn the senior jersey um, for Limerick has been Killian Ryan. Now, Ronan McGilligat was uh, was um, was um, a member of the UL Ashbourne Cup, or sorry, Sigerson Cup squad. But if you go over to Drum Bradford, Garrett Noonan won a Munster Club medal with Drum Bradford in 2008. And if you look at the last time um, that they were in the county final, that they, that they won it was in 2013. And you have the Brosnans, Michal and um, Seamus from that team. You have Killian Pat that team. And you have the Noonan twins, Brian, um, Brian and Kevin. So, like, they have, they, they have vast experience. So it, it, it sets it all up nicely. And, um, uh, like, Mongrels have had difficulty in the Knox's competition for the last five or six years. Something similar to what Father Casey's had up to last year when they eventually got over a quarter-final hump. Will it be big enough? Will it be good enough to beat Drum Bradford? Drum Bradford had a comfortable win in the semi-final. Sinan's team who had qualified directly for the semi-final after topping their group. But, uh, uh, like St. Sinan's gave them enough, of the, they gave them and I think it has been a bit of a characteristic of this strong team this year, like since <coughs> excuse me, since their last so um, it's going to be very, very close. Um, you know, it's a hazardous business calling county finals after what we saw last weekend. You know, I'm, I'm siding slightly with Mungret just here. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I'd be, I'd be slightly siding that way. But again, I've not seen an awful lot of this grade. Of course, it often clashes with the senior games that we'd be out at. So difficult enough to say. But the conditions in Skeeton where that is being played at 2 p.m. on Saturday, the conditions could have a major factor in that one. So both sides uh, will have to have to pack the long stud. I'm sure it's going to be soft and uh, heavy going in Skeeton. Matt, we look down the grades now. Uh, the Premier Junior grade sees Fina Media, who we've mentioned in the hurling regard, they're trying to get back on the horse against uh, Newcastle West second team. This is at uh, 1 p.m. in Caledia, Western uh, Western Derby, so to speak, uh, between these two sides. Fina beaten in last year's final and Newcastle West, I believe, beaten in the final the year before. So uh, two sides who are, um, you know, been involved in the business end of this championship. Uh, one of them will be, well, one of them will get over the line on um, on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Um... It's it's going it's look, call a spade a spade. It's going to be a difficult challenge for Phoenixal Media. You know, and there there are so many players that were involved in the hurling, that are involved in the football, and you know they would be they would be trying to pick it up now. It's going to be you know a challenging week for those that are responsible for um, the the Phoenixal Media team, um, but. There's great experience in it. It's not too long ago, and 
about five years ago, I'd say the the one the the, the, the county Junior B Championship in 2013, Media. That's right, yeah. They did Paul in Junior A in 2014, and the club, the, the Media club didn't lapse, but the, the football lapsed. And a number of players went away and played football with drum colour seniors. Like you, the like of Brian Hannigan, Dan Gare, Jaron John O'Gorman, all played in the county final with Drum Bradford when they were beaten by Mona Lean in the 2016 final. So they're going to bring a core of experience to, to, uh, to, to, to reform um, FINA team. It, it, it's a FINA team that won the junior in 2021, got to the premier final in 2022 when they lost to Castle Mahan. And now they're back in the final last year. This, uh, sorry, back in the final this year. Yeah, of course. So, like, they're, they're, if, 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 if they can put aside, if they can park the travails of last Sunday and focus on this Sunday, they're capable of giving a very, very good account of themselves. But, like, Newcastle West have a lot of players that have senior experience, none more so than the Wiley old warrior uh, Stephen Kelly will likely be lining out at centre forward. You know, it's going to be a busy weekend for, for Stephen. Um, he, he'll be playing in the, Inter uh, the Premier Junior Final on Saturday and he will be playing, uh, he will be a mentor on the senior football team on Sunday. But um, you're right, Newcastle West lost the, the Premier Final in, in two, 2021 to Father Cases. And now they're, they're back in the final again. Look, it, it has all the ingredients to be great final. Like, I, you know, irrespective, if, 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 if Fina Kilmini were going for a double, um, I would still slightly favour um, Newcastle West to get through. They met in the final round of the, of the, the group stages. Newcastle West won by 17 points to 1 2. But that was at a time, I think, when when Fina Kilmeade were assured on through to the knockout stages. So it's very, very hard to read into those results. If Because in the first round now, you could near, even though it would be farther back, you could read more into it. But um, Tan and Rahina, Park Eden for Rahina, one o'clock on, 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 on Sunday, Saturday. Um, you know, it's the prospect of a great final. But I, I'm siding with Newcastle West to just get over the line. Yeah, well, maybe the experience of the likes of Stephen Kelly will ring true and we shall see what way that one finishes up on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Matt, the grade below that uh, is fixed for Sunday and it is a very unique pairing. Uh, two clubs not a million miles uh, away from each other. Mungert St. Paul's, their second team places, Camo Grovers. That's in Fedemore at 12pm. Matt, I was looking through uh, my notes here. Camo Grovers, as far as I can see, have never won a championship title, uh, a county championship that is uh, in Limerick. Numerous South titles uh, across the grades. They won uh, mm -hmm. a league last year, the County League, uh, Junior A League. Uh, that was their first ever county title of sorts, but have never done it in championship. Whereas, obviously, Munger have annexed numerous titles across different grades and underage and everything else. And obviously, that this is their their, their uh, second team. They previously won uh, the Junior A Football Championship in 1990, which, which was, I'm pretty sure, their first team. 
so it's it's the you know it's it's two two very contrasting um clubs coming into it but at the end of the day Matt it's 15 and 15 and Comoke have proven in the last couple of years to be uh, a, a, diff a difficult task for any team they have they have and they're drawn as I explained last week they're drawn from um Mianis mainly which is part of the parish of Brough so all their players would be eligible as well to play for Brough if they so desired um but um they're, they're, they're drawn from a small area of Brough parish there in Mianis you know which and they have a fine ground there as well and um you know, they, they, they had a very unusual, um, they had a very unusual path to the final, Tom. They got a walkover from Hospital Herberstown in the first round, who they subsequently met in the semi-final. And they needed extra time to beat him in the semi-final. And they also got a walkover in, 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 in the fourth round, I think, from Van Og, their neighbours. You know... Van Oak are, sorry, no, walkovers, Tom, are no good to anyone. You know, to me, they're an absolute disaster. And I don't know why clubs find themselves in that position, particularly in the championship. To a certain degree, I can understand it in the, in the league when, you know, when, when, when games are kind of stop, start and all that kind of thing. But I just don't get it in the championship because, like, the championship fixtures are written in stone well in advance, you know. And, like, like it, it was it was for Hospital Herberstown, like, it was the greatest resurrection since Lazarus nearly, that they couldn't field the team in the first round. They gave a walkover in the first round, and lo and behold, they turned up in the semi-final, you know. So, um, uh, but... Uh, uh, they, actually topped, like, they actually topped the group as well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> which is... Which is funny. They tapped the group like after giving a walk They deserve to be in the final, but you know they did have an ideal path to the final. Now, whilst whilst Mungret's path was very, very, very streamlined, you know, um, they beat them. Um, they had five straight wins, very, very comfortable win over over. Um, um, Paddy Brick and Bohr more in the, in, in, in the semi-final. You know, so um actually it was it it was it was in the final round that they got a walkover from Van Og. I, I may have said the fourth round there. I recall now it, it is now they also lost a game in the um uh, Rovers also lost the game in the championship. They lost the game to um to Barry Brick and Bohr more. And it's it's just when I mentioned Barry Brick and Bohr more now that I recalled it. But um uh, St. Paul's had a very, very comfortable win over Barry Brick and Bohr more. They look going into the final to be the team that's ticking all the boxes. You know, and I think they're probably going to win it. But you know, um, and they'll forgive me for saying this, but you know, it, it would be great for the game where Camo Grovers to pull off a first county adult title. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, the whole romance surrounding, um, you know, first county titles and coming to a place like, um, you know, a small place like 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 Mianis to, to be absolutely magnificent. But if you ask me my opinion, you know, I, I, I don't think it will be a day for the romantics on, on, on Sunday. I think Mungret St. Paul's might just prevail. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. But the, the only thing I would say in Kamogh's favour is that they've uh, maybe a little bit more battle-hardened now. Munger are obviously a good team. They're putting teams away early, but in terms of going the distance for 60 minutes, I know they had to, uh, Kamogh had to get late points in the quarter-final against Castletown Valley of Grand. Um, in UL the first day it was actually called off because of floodlight failure and not long so they've had you know they probably played that little bit more football as well and uh, then of course they had to go to extra time against uh, Hospital Herbertson so maybe that's playing into their favour that they've um, as I say they've gone they've gone the distance and and, and even more uh, 80 minutes needed in, to win that semi-final so they'll be hoping that that counts in their favour against what is uh, certainly on paper a very youthful looking uh, Munger 15 and, uh, and, and subs as well so it could be a huge chance for Munger to, to get a double promotion in, in the space of, mm. uh, what, 24 hours or so, or less even. So, big, big, big weekend for Munger, uh, St. Paul's, it's fair to say. Matt, just a touch as well. well just on Fran, the, before the, before, the, before you go from that, a point that I would like just to make on it, and you talk about Munger St. Paul's, you know, um, just to give you 580 in, 621, 412 in the semifinals, 49 in another game, simply phenomenal scoring. Yeah, fond of goals, but uh, maybe the weather in Fedemore might uh, might lend itself to that free-flowing football. So, uh, Camogue will certainly hope to stifle the Munger's attack, which uh, seems to be pretty legal uh, from what we've seen so far. But, Matt, the Junior B, uh, we were mentioning uh, it was East versus City in the hurling, and it's uh, South versus West here. Ballylanders and St. Kieran's, their second teams battling it out, and Brewery versus Nakaderi. Now, Nakaderi, of course have the added motivation of the Munster Junior P Championship uh, being held in their own backyard. And should they uh, prevail in the next two rounds of this one and win the county title, they'll have that to look forward to. But uh, two, two, two nice pairings there um, in, in the Junior P ranks. And I know your own Ballylanders have um, I've played against them myself, their second team in the league. They have some, they have some really good players that are, uh, that are knocking about on that, um, on that second string. They have, they have, you know, and they, they, they won the league. They, they, they won their, you know, they, they, they won the league, which was, which was a great boost. They beat Mount Collins after extra time. Um, it, it, it was fantastic when I was at it. And um, like they were the farm team of the championship right through uh, the south, but they, they lost to Brewery sort of inexplicably in the semi, in the final, two nine to two eight, and. Um, uh, they subsequently went on then and beat Ula, who had won the East in the quarterfinal, whilst Brewery went on and beat Nakan 3-2 on penalties in in the other quarterfinal. That's how the two South teams have arrived uh, where, where they are. Now, um, they, they, they face um, St. James and, and um, Nakaderi. Now, St. Nakaderi beat Mungrus, actually. And um, uh, St. Kieran's beat was Kildaimo Palaskenry in the respective quarterfinals. Um, now, in, in the West final, <laughs> St. Kieran's were comfortable winners over Nakaderi. 2 8 to 6 points, as far as I recall, Tom. Um, so it, it, it would look as if St. Kieran's are, 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 are pretty strong. But, you know, it's like. You know, you're comparing two different divisions and the standards in two different different divisions, and it'll be all laid bare on on on. on um, uh, I think both of those games are on Sunday. No, they're not. Uh, one of them is on Friday night, actually. Oh yeah, that's this Friday and. Nakaderi and Brewery yeah. is on Friday night, and there, uh, <coughs> Barry Landers and Saint Kieran's, I think, is on Saturday. So, um, two interesting semi-finals. 
finals and we'll have a final to look forward to the following weekend. So it's, yeah. and as you said, um, the Nakaderi um, have that incentive. They're in the last four. They have that incentive um, to be part of their own tournament. I think, it'll, will it be the first time that they'll be part of it? I think so, well, yeah, unless they're involved in their hurling counterparts will have the opportunity to be part of the Kilidi Monster and All Ireland series. Yeah. We know how well they did in that last year. Absolutely, yeah. Could be could be a big winter for uh, for Nakaderi if uh, uh, despite relegation from intermediate, it could be still a big year for their, their junior side. So we shall wait and see. Uh, on those ones and uh, of course Matt you're talking to a Munster Junior B football winner here as well <laughs> I just had to get I, that I in know there that. at this juncture <laughs> yeah yeah when uh, I think uh, when, when I think of Bally Brown I think of Mike Mann Mike Mann yeah the, the manager of uh, our famous victory <laughs> over uh, yes. uh, was it the Cork champions and then the Kerry champions uh, to, to win it and, and a very rare occasion but, the Limerick team beat a Kerry team in football of course as well but Tom Tom, if you're to win a championship, do it. Do it big. Beat the yeah. two big teams. Absolutely. Undisputed champions. <laughs> That's it. That and the it. question is still well, being asked to this day, how did Bally Brown do it? But they did. Well, we're still asking ourselves. It's a <laughs> that's it that's it well i think we've covered it all there matt uh, across the various different codes the various different grades um uh, in limerick ga this week um, another mammoth week of action as i mentioned there will be two games streamed this weekend the senior football final which is at 2 p.m on sunday a day of facing newcastle west and 2 p.m on saturday munger st paul's and drum color broadford batting battling in the intermediate final both of those available for you to stream for your viewing pleasure and hopefully with two cracking finals as well as of course the premier junior and junior a finals also take place over the weekend matt thanks again for your time here on treaty talk impression again we get old with what you put in it's like a walk of life if you're good enough go and get it no more about it but not so much control in the center of the field from phil kenny as richie bennis sends it high and over the bar your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth the goods and she gives you 50 pence you can't get the pounds worth the goods can you Shea. He deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? There's no sympathy in this game for anybody. 